There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, and too rare to die. Welcome to episode 116 of the Digital Information Podcast for the week of May 24th, 2010. I'm your host, Scott, and I will be taking you along on my excellent adventures through the world of short Masonic educational papers. As always, this and all other papers are available at the website, www.thedigitalfreemason.com, and I encourage you to swing by and check it out. So it's been a very long time since the last episode, and I think that garners a bit of uh, insight into how my life has been with uh, kids and family and work and volunteering and that sort of thing, and I'm sure you're in the same boat as well. So don't have a lot of time to get something out, but just wanted to get going on it. So grabbed a quick piece from uh, Joseph Newton, uh, sort of a historical piece that goes back to uh, uh, early 1900s, and it talks about the symbolism of the stone in Freemasonry. So we'll get cracking on that right now with Joseph Newton's piece. A fundamental question, rarely asked, is the reason why our ancient brethren, who developed the complicated symbolic structures of moral and philosophical teachings we now know as speculative Freemasonry, would choose to base their system on such modest materials as the builder's trade, his tools and legends. Such activities as seafaring, metalworking, agriculture and husbandry, among others, could have been used just as well in the development of a peculiar system of morality, veiled in allegory and illustrated by symbols. Indeed, there has been used for this purpose at one time or another by various individual thinkers and organizations. However, the stonemason's trade and his material stone have such a profound, far-reaching and universal significance and connotations that the choice was not only justified, but inevitable. Stone has been, since prehistoric times, the principal material used to build and adorn important structures, where solidity and permanence are the paramount considerations. Stone became paradigmatic of stability, hardness, and endurance in all languages, bearing a wealth of symbolic meaning, with many deep-rooted psychological and historical associations and suggestions. Stone was, in all probability, the first material used by primitive man. The first coarse tools were simply rough stones used as hammers to cut and grind. The first giant step taken by mankind towards civilization was the change from using these natural stones to chip or flake implements and arrowheads with improved cutting edges and allowed them to use a handle. By this apparently simple act of modifying stone before using it as a tool, man became homo faber and started to fashion his environment instead of being a passive receiver of what nature had to offer. Stones weren't always used as tools but became the object of veneration of primitive men, whose survival depended on it. Rubbing and polishing stones is a well-known, exceedingly ancient activity of man. In Europe, holy stones, wrapped in bark and hidden in caves, have been found in many places. As containers of divine powers, they were probably kept there by some men in the Stone Ages. Taking a look at stone in the Jewish tradition, we see that sacred stones or pillars are called in Hebrew of Matzavot and are mentioned in Herodias and appear in several places in the Old Testament. Jacob, after striking a pact with Laban, erected a stone monument which he called Galeb, or, with, or the testimonial pillar. 
Moses erected twelve stone pillars near the altar of sacrifices. After crossing the Jordan River, Joshua ordered the taking of the twelve stones from the riverbed, one for each tribe, setting them up in their camps and carrying them later on their shoulders as a memorial to the crossing of the dry land. Joshua also set up twelve other stones in the middle of the river, in the place where the priests called are carrying the Ark of the Testimony had stood. Finally, Joshua erected a Gilgal, the twelve stones he had brought from the Jordan, so that future generations would know that the Lord had done to the Jordan just as he had done to the Red Sea. Later, Joshua built an altar on Mount Ebal, made of uncut stones, on which no iron tool had been used. Finally, before dying, he wrote down in the lawn a large stone he set up under an oak tree in the Shmechan, as a witness against the people of Israel should they betray their covenant. Samuel put up a stone which he called the Ebenezer, or a stone of help, after the Philistines were muted in Mitzpah. Adoniah offered a sacrifice near the rock of Zohilat, near the fountain of Rogel. Jacob's ladder, which figures in the first-degree tracing board, is directly related to the stone pillar erected by Jacob after his dream. He had used the stone as a pillow and poured a libation of oil to consecrate the memorial. Jacob's name, Bethel, the house of God, as the place where he had his dream. This identity of stone, human being, and anthropomorphic deity throws light on the saying, Look to the rock from where you were cut, and to quarry whence you are hewn. Look to Abraham your father, and to Sarah who gave you birth. This is a Jewish custom of placing a small stone over the grave that one has to visit. This may be connected to the Greek travelers adding a stone to Hermes' monument in order to secure a safe journey. Moving over to stones in the Christian tradition, the best example of the importance of the stone is, of course, the case of the Simon of the fishermen, called Peter by Jesus. I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. The Pope, as a linear successor to Peter, is called the Holy Father. The connection between Potter and Petrus is obvious. In the Hebrew language as well, the same letter forms the word Father, appears in the word for stone. In another instance, Christ himself is compared to a rock. A passage in the book of Revelations mentions a white stone with a secret name written on it, which only the recipient will understand. Taking a quick look at the stone in the Islamic tradition, the central point of worship for Muslim is at Mecca. Every pious Muslim must make a pilgrimage to Mecca at least once in his life, making seven circumambulations around the sanctuary of the Kaaba al, the black stone which, according to the witnesses' reports, appears to be a meteorite. The pilgrims also throw stones at pillars representing the devil in the vicinity of Mina. In Jerusalem, there is a stone in the Dome of the Rock, built on the spot where the Sanctum Sanctorum of the Temple is supposed to have been located, from which Muhammad is said to have jumped to the heaven, mounted on Al-Barak. Now taking a look at the stone in the Masonic literature. And in Masonic ritual and legend, stone plays a leading role beginning with the entered apprentice who is enjoined to polish the rough stone with hammer and chisel and culminating with the various shaped stones appearing in the master mason's degree. There is hardly a ceremony in symbolic 
Freemasonry, which does not connect in some way to stones. After a completion of the initiation ceremony, the new brother is placed in a particular position within the lodge and is usually told that he represents the cornerstone on which Freemasonry's spiritual temple must be built. In Edinburgh Register House in 1696, the jewel of the lodge includes the perpend Esler and the broad oval. The first is a per perpendicular ashlar, that is, a stone placed crosswise through a wall, while the second is believed to be a corruption of the brooch dormal, or that is, a chiseled stone. The mason's work is thus described in Dumfries number 4, from the 1700s, where it says, To work in all manners of worthy of work in stone, temples, churches, cloisters, cities, castles, and pyramids, towers, and all other worthy buildings of stone. In the same manuscript, we find a reference to two pillars of stone, one that would not sink, and the other which would not burn, which held noble art or science. The mason himself, as we noted, is likened to a stone. In Samber's dedictory preface to long livers from the early 1700s, we find this pithy definition. Ye are living stones, built up a spiritual house, who believe and rely on the chief Lapis Angularis, which the refractory and disobedient builders disallowed. In conclusion, the deep and various meanings of stone as a physical object and as allegory make it easy to understand why the art of the builder should, be, should have been selected as the appropriate vehicle to convey their philosophical and mystical teachings of speculative Freemasonry in its different manifestations. Man has always been a builder, and nowhere has he shown himself more significantly than in the buildings he has erected. When we stand before them, whether it be a mud hut, the house of a cliff dweller stuck like a nest of a swallow in the side of a canyon, a pyramid, a parthenon, or even a pantheon, we seem to read into its soul. The builder may have been gone, perhaps ages before, but here he has left something of himself, his hopes, his fears, his ideas, and his dreams. So that's what uh, Brother Newton has to say about stones, and it's interesting that in all the major religions of the world, there's a lot of talk about stone being there, and it's been with us since the beginning of time. And I like to think about how that last little part is, what we are doing today is going to be lasting forever. So as we sit there and raise our children and do our community work, realize that uh, there is a long-lasting impact on what it is that we do. So make sure that you keep that in mind as you move forward and do things to the best as a Freemason can. So I've been your host, Scott, and I've enjoyed our quick little time together. And hopefully next time around, it won't be quite so long in between episodes as things start to wind down here as we head into June. So be sure to swing by the website. Again, it's www.thedigitalfreemason.com, or you can email me at podcast at thedigitalfreemason.com. So until next time, be sure to keep the shiny side up.